the word of God says, and uh, we have been sharing about the report of God. And something that has been laid upon my heart for this particular afternoon. Just listen to the scriptures as I read through them. And may the Lord encourage us and may the Lord stir up something within us just for the glory of his wondrous name. It is mainly centered on the freedom that is yours and that is mine by the word and the freedom that is yours and mine by the spirit of God in the name of Jesus. His word says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. James chapter 1 verse 25 says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. First Peter chapter 2 verse 16. The scripture says, live as free people, do, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Romans chapter 6 verse 22, the word says, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. And the words of Jesus in John 8.32. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And finally John 17.17. 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We've been sharing so much on the aspect of the report of God. And how God is calling you and I. To believe that particular report. Remember the question he asks in Isaiah. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And my continual cry is that. May you and I be that man and that woman. Who are going to believe the report of God. And to whom the arm of the Lord will be revealed. We've said the arm of the Lord is like a representative, uh, is like a metaphor in speaking about the spirit of God. Because the arm of the Lord does everything God uh, once done. And as we know, the spirit of God is the one that does everything that God once done. Chris has shared with us those wonderful words that in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Now we know one thing as we have been sharing as that scripture says. The Spirit comes through the revelation of the Word of God. That's how the Spirit of God, who is the arm of God, comes through you, to you and to me. And he says, everything is not done by might, not by power, but by my Spirit. So whatever God wants to do in your life will always be by His Spirit. And we have learned that the Spirit comes through the revelation of the Word. So... Determine you must know the word of God. Just don't read it for the sake of reading. Know the word. Let it be part and parcel of you. Believe the word. Now the strange thing is again is that, you know, the, we know that the spirit comes through the word, the revelation of the word, and also when you turn around, the word in turn 
comes by the Spirit. It's interesting. The two is like they are interchangeable. The, the Spirit comes by the revelation of the Word. And the Word of God comes by also the revelation. The Spirit of God gives unto us the revelation of the Word. Now, the Word of God is true. When you know it, when you receive it, and when you believe it, then that particular Word makes you free. It enables you to become free. When you know the Word, when you believe the Word, when you receive the word, not simply being a hearer, but receiving it and making it part and parcel of your life. And that's what he's looking for in our lives. Now, as we heard from the very beginning, that in the beginning was the word, meaning the word was the first one to come on the scene. The word appeared first. And because he appeared first, he's acquainted with everything. Nothing is new to the word. Everything that comes up, if the word is already aware of it because the word was in the beginning, as, as the scripture tells us in John chapter 1 where Christ reigned. And because the word is acquainted with all things, it means the word is acquainted with all your ways and all my ways. There is nothing about us that is hidden from, your, from the word of God. And hence, it means that the word of God is the best witness. You know, the witness is the one who has the evidence. So the word of God becomes the best witness. And hence, the word of God is trustworthy. Christ told us and encouraged the word of God, as the word says, is Jesus Christ. The word of God is trustworthy. The word of God is dependable. And that word sets you apart. As you take Jesus on board, believe on him, he becomes Lord and King of your life. He sets you apart. He frees you from the many encumbrances that, you know, hinder us here and there. And he sets us free for the glory of God. Today, I just want desire us to look at two particular examples that will encourage us as we look at the word. And there are two examples, we'll pick them from the Old Testament. Maybe we might jump into the New Testament at some point. Or for another example that this time will allow. But I want us to look briefly at Moses. And I want you to hear what the, the story of Moses. We'll read through quickly so you get the gist of it. In Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1, the Bible says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And, uh, from the river. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this, pl this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
and the gold of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now, one of the things that I wanted us just to consider briefly, as you can remember that story, it's a long story, you can read it right through from chapter 3 and chapter 4. But because of time, we just jump here and there on, in a number of places. But I want you to realize what has happened to Moses as you look at yourself and look at me. Moses had been in Egypt. He had lived the life for 40 years. He had been like the son of Pharaoh because he was the son of the daughter of Pharaoh as he had been adopted by the, by the Pharaoh's daughter. He had lived in opulence. You know, everything was right and good. And then things simply turned wrong. In, a, in, a, in one day, everything went wrong and he lost everything. He didn't have anything to hold on. He runs away into the desert. And he is in this particular place of wilderness among the Midianites. He takes up a job as, a, you know, looking after sheep. And it follows when you go to the story, it takes 40 years looking after sheep. 40 years in the palace. 40 years now in the wilderness looking after sheep. If you look between the lines, you realize one thing must have been certain in that particular case. Moses was discouraged. That is one thing. Moses was lonely. That is second aspect. Moses was feeling what rejection is. He had been rejected by his own people. Moses was fearful because he, he must have continued to look over his shoulder. He knew what he had done in Egypt. And he knew the greatest power that of, the, of the then world was looking for him. So he must have been fearful always, looking over his shoulder, wondering which side might they come to. No wonder he was in the wilderness. And when he takes the ship, he takes them on the other side of the desert, where he knows he's safe. Nobody's going to find him in that particular place. Moses must have been guilty. He's feeling guilty over and over. I was, I was the one to deliver those people. But I never made it. And here I am, 40 years later. They are still languishing in pain while I am here in this particular place looking after sheep. What a waste. What a useless character I am. Guilt was consuming his life. Moses was feeling misunderstood. The people he thought that they would trust him when he killed the Egyptian and told them, you know, he expected they would take him on as their savior. They all turned around and they started saying that, you know, you, know you, you, you who killed the other, you want to kill us too. What becomes? You know, a man who was so high, he got so low in his life. And, you know, 40 prime years of his life was, was spent in a, in a, you know, you say in a, in a melancholic state. In a, a, a dejected, pessimistic state of mind. As I looked at that particular story. And you know, it, it occurred to me, this is what was happening in the life of this particular servant of God. He had lost it. And there was no hope whatsoever. And as I looked at this, it started coming to my spirit. Maybe there is one person in our midst. Maybe you might be online or you are here. You are discouraged. You are lonely. You feel rejected. You feel fearful. You feel guilty and you feel misunderstood. 
And right now you have been living, or maybe for a long time in your life, you have lived in that particular melancholic state of mind. You are dejected. Outside you may show as if all is well, but inside you are dejected and you become pessimistic because of the way things have happened in your life. Realize what happens in that particular burning bush. If you look at it critically, you realize something. It will appear Moses must have been in a depressed, he was sort of like depressed. The depression must have set in in his life. And so nothing caught his attention. As he walked about with a ship, nothing caught his attention. He was in his own world. The world of discouragement and the world of giving up. You know, he had resigned to his fate and to his misfortune. That's basically what this, if you look at a particular place. So, uh, it will appear maybe, maybe in all those 40 years, it is possible maybe God had been trying to get his attention, but the guy was so locked in his pity party, he could not hear anything. And maybe that is you, or maybe that is me. We lock ourselves in that place where we feel nobody understands and even God doesn't understand. And for 40 years, this man of God remains in that particular state. All of it all is gone. And it will appear something, that's why God does something. You know, they, he now does something extraordinary. The angel of the Lord appears in that place in the burning bush for once in 40 years. Moses' attention was caught. What is that? All along he had been in a daze. Maybe you have been in a daze and may the Lord break that particular daze from over your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. May he make you know that there is the answer that God has ordained for you. And the answer that God is making for each one of us. To enter into the purpose and the promises that he has ordained for you and for me in the name of Jesus. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't let your 40 years be wasted. Thinking that God has forgotten about you. Today he says, I am remembering you. I am your hiding place and I will bring you through. Realize when God tells him, Moses, Moses. He calls him twice and you can imagine the voice of God as it booms right through into the air to his spirit. It is like when you are in that place and somebody has called your name and you don't hear. But the Lord calls out and he says, Paul, he's calling out. He calls out, he says, Marie, you know, wake up. He repeats twice. He gets his attention. And then he says, I am the God of Abraham, of, ja of Isaac, and of Jacob. And immediately he says that Moses shrinks. Why does he shrink? The Bible says he was afraid to look upon God. But as I looked at it, I realized something. It is possible there was a past that Moses did not want to remember. When he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it rang a bell. And he, he remembered his people. Forty years he has lived as a reject, knowing that I don't have a people. And here suddenly say, here comes, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of, Jacob, of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He remembers, I belong somewhere. 
And that particular thing, you know, he feels ashamed. He wants to run away because he does not want to bring that particular past, the reality of who he is. He doesn't want anymore to identify with that particular reality. Maybe that is you. Or maybe that might be me. You don't want to identify with who God has called you to be, with who God has set you apart to be, with who God has planned you to be. May God touch you tonight. May God touch me tonight. That all of us, we may wake up and realize, who are we? There's a memory that Moses, it appears, wanted to be suppressed. Not to come to the surface again. A story that he did not want to be told. But in that particular state of affairs, finally something happens. The word of God arrives. And when the word of God arrives, it once again stars the waters. It reminds Moses once again from that cocoon. You know, that he had been hiding in for so many years, 40 years. It had hardened. Nobody could be able to break through that particular cocoon. As the word comes through, that's the beauty of the word. Who has believed our report? God wants you to believe what he's saying concerning you and concerning your family, concerning your life, concerning the future that he's laying before you as a person and as a people. Do not be discouraged. Hold on to that particular word in the name of the Lord Jesus. That word awakens the old initial vision. If you read that story, God says, I have seen the suffering of my people. It reminds him, oh yeah, I also saw the suffering of God's people. I have come to deliver them. Oh yeah, I also wanted to deliver this particular children of Israel. That calling. That particular desire, that purpose that God had ordained for this man of God, once again it starts to sprout out of the discouragement, out of the giving up, out of the rejection. May the Lord do that for you. May the Lord do that for me in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't keep on looking down, thinking that all hope is gone. Hope is not gone. Hope is right here with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hold that thought in mind. Let us look at another brief one. In Judges chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for them in the dens and caves and strongholds which are in the mountains. And so it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they will come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they will enter the land and destroy it. 
So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel uh, who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now listen in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Gideon, belonged to Josh, the Abessirite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Even in the place of hiding, the Lord comes and he tells him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And there is something and then the Lord comes later on and he tells, he tells him in, uh, in verse 14, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Likewise, you know, just like Moses in that place of discouragement, Gideon likewise was in the place of discouragement. Gideon was discouraged. Gideon was fearful. Gideon was hiding away from the enemy. Gideon, if you read there, says, he came from the weakest tribe of Israel. That is the Manasseh tribe. It was counted to be the weakest in Israel. And so he counted himself to be the weakest of them all. But what does the Lord tell him? The Lord is with you, thou mighty man of valor. He's speaking the same words to you. The Lord is with you, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, thou mighty woman of valor, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God came to him, and he breaks free from that particular fear, from that particular discouragement, from that particular, you know, weakness that he felt he was, and he had been all alone. The enemy had impoverished them. But in the midst of the impoverishment, the word of God came through. I don't know how the enemy has impoverished you. I don't know the, the, the state of affairs in your life, what you are going through, and you feel there is no hope, it cannot happen. Once again, God is telling you, I am sending my word to you. Open your ears and hear my word. My word is coming to you by my spirit, as he says. Open your spirit. And hear this word that I bring across unto you. Realize the negative circumstances that we face in life. They are a ploy of the kingdom of darkness. Don't weep. Don't cry. Don't give up. 
because it appears all is bleak. The Lord says there, it is you that he is appointing. He is bringing a great salvation by your hand in the name of Jesus Christ. Both for yourself, for the church, for many others in the community, and many also for your family in the name of Jesus. Rise up, go thou in this might of yours, O thou mighty man of Vela, O thou mighty woman of Vela, in the name of Jesus. Don't look at the darkness that has surrounded you and is threatening to engulf you and make you feel as if you're a small ant. You are not a small ant. In the name of Jesus Christ, remember, darkness restricts, but the word of God is light. The word of Lord, the Lord opens up unlimited possibilities in the name of Jesus. Remember what the word says. Darkness limits because it gives limits around you. You cannot come out of your cave. Because you are afraid the enemy is outside. But the word of God comes in and tells you, no, walk out of this particular cave. You have been oppressed for too long. Walk out of the cage, break free. Why? Because there are unlimited probabilities, possibilities out there. The light is opening those possibilities for you. Only believe the word. You shall know the word. And the word shall set you free. Because the word is truth. Seek to know the word for you now. Seek to know the word of God for your family now. Seek to know the word of God for your life now. Don't wait until 40 years down the line that you hear that so I am who I am. You mean for all these 40 years he has been I am. For me, and I have not known for 40 years. Don't be like Moses. 40 years wasted in the wilderness because he could not believe the report. But when he believes the report, God opens the door and Moses is able to return to the place where he feared, to the place where he dreaded. He comes as a king against Pharaoh. He has the audacity to challenge Pharaoh on the face. Nothing could, you know, nothing could, you know, face him anymore. He had become bold. Now, you know the funny thing? Twice, he tells God, Ah, oh God, you have been with me all this time, but even nothing has changed. I'm still stammering. For 40 years, he had lost even his power of speech. If you go to the scripture, it says Moses was mighty in words. There before he went to the wilderness. He even lost the power of speech. He became a stammerer in the wilderness. You have lost your power of expression. Your inferiority complexes have come upon you and you feel I can't express myself anymore. Let the word of God come through. It is coming through for you now. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God. May God help you. And may God help me. In the name of Jesus. Hear what he says as we finish. As we heard in the beginning. It is written. 
in the word, or rather the word is life, and the life is the light of men and the light of women. We read, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that is the word of God is the perfect law of liberty, and continuous in the word of God, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work that the word has commanded you to do. He says, you will be blessed in what you do. Keep your eyes, your mind, and your heart focused on the word of God. Do not let it out of your sight, my brother and my sister. Hold on to that word. Cling on to that word. Hear what the prophet says in Jeremiah 17. Verse 7 and 8, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, or the woman who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, who spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and he will not be anxious, in the year of drought, nor will, will he cease to, from yielding fruit. Trust the word of the Lord. Psalms 19.11 says, Moreover, by your word, by your judgments, your servant is warned, and in keeping your word, there is great reward. This word of God, will give you advance warning and instructions as to where to go and where not to go, what to do and what not to do, what to think and what not to think. I encourage you, believe the report of the Lord. You will not stumble as you believe that word. He does not want you to live by trial or by error. That's what God doesn't want of you. God does not want you to take your life and make it to be a token of gambling that it is by trial and error. Remember this final word that Ephesians 2, 10, where it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand for, you know, that we should walk in them. Let us pursue the word. Let us be in the place where the word is shared, is taught. Let us take pleasure to be in the fellowships where the word is taught. Be it in the Bible studies, be it in the prayer meetings, be it in places where dear ones assemble just to share the word. You will receive a word for you that will change your situations and your circumstances. Do not despise any exhortation, any encouragement you receive from a brother, from a sister, it may just be the word you need to break you through into your freedom for the glory of your divine name. I encourage us, by believing in the word, you will not be afraid of the heat that threatens the others. You will not be afraid of the curses that others are afraid of. You will not be afraid of the oppressions that others are afraid of, you will not be afraid of the schemes of the evil one, for the word will bring you to victory in Jesus' name.
Father, in Jesus' name, reveal your word unto us. Give us a heart that will appreciate your word and will walk and abide in that word in Jesus' name.